We are glad that you're with us today. Chad, I got a different screen up here than what's on. There it is. Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate that. You know, we've all heard the saying that there are two certainties in life. That's death and taxes. I don't think many people like to talk about either one, and certainly there are people that do not want to talk about death. I've had Bible studies where I've sat with people and, and uh, at some point studying with them or uh, pleading with them to obey the gospel or to think about their life. I, I, I may ask that question. Have you thought about the day that you may die? Oh, Brother Doug, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> Not a good subject. Don't want to think about that. Let's go on to something else. Well, uh, don't you think it's important to think? I don't even want to think about it. And they'll stop you right there, cold in your tracks, that uh, don't want to think about those things. Quite honestly, it's not one of my favorite subjects. Um, I can think of thousands of things I'd rather talk about than death. But it is a subject that we do need to think about. It's something we, we need to prepare for. We need to think about what happens after we leave this earth. What happens after that funeral procession? And our time here on earth is over. It's a very important question. And it's something we need to think about. And I think a lot of people are scared because they know they're not prepared and, and, and they just don't know what to do about it. But yet the Bible gives us some very easy answers about that. It's something that you need to think about. If you should die right now, what next? What's in store for you? Someone said, well, that's not going to happen. Well, <laughs> how many times have we heard of someone that's just fine? They're, they're healthy, uh, an athlete on the field, they're, they're uh, on the field playing football or basketball, whatever sport it is, they're healthy. They're smiling, they're productive, and then a moment later they're lying on the ground and their heart is stopped. And no one can get it started again. Or someone just uh, out on the porch and they're, uh, I've, I've heard this happen several times, just someone sitting out on the porch, they're on, sitting on the front swing or chair and one moment they're talking, one minute their body just slumps over and that's it. It could happen. And so what is next? My lesson this morning is not to scare anyone. That, that's not the purpose. That's not the intent of the lesson. But it is something to help us to think and to figure out what we need to do. Our text this morning is from 1 Corinthians 15, beginning in verse 50. 1 Corinthians 15, beginning in verse 50. Paul says, Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I tell you a mystery, we shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. 
in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when the corruptible has put on incorruption, and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that this is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your sting? O Hades, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to study on this scripture this morning and think about what it tells us. It gives us some bad news and it gives us some good news. Along the way as we study in this scripture, we find that, that there are some things that we will not find in heaven. One of those things is flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Flesh and blood will not be found there. We look back at verse 45 in 1 Corinthians 15. And there Paul says, And so it is written, The first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. However, the spiritual is not first, but the natural. And afterwards, the spiritual. The first man was on the earth, made of dust. The second man is the Lord from heaven. And was the man of dust, so also are those who are made of dust. And is the heavenly man, so also are those who are of heavenly. And as we have been born of the image of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. And this scripture tells us that we are born of two people. For for Christians we are. First we're born of Adam. Flesh and blood. But flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. But then he talks about this heavenly man and the figure here. And certainly we've been studying in 1 Corinthians uh, for, for many weeks and in this chapter for several weeks. And we understand this heavenly man is Jesus Christ our Lord. Through him we can overcome these things. We also find that corruption cannot inherit incorruption. Over in 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 3 and 4. Peter says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. In that heavenly home we find a place where there is no longer corruption. It is an inheritance that's incorruptible. It is undefiled. It doesn't fade away. Everything stays healthy there. Everything is good in that heavenly home. Neither we find that this mortal must put on immortality. We can find a place in heaven that that, uh, we find that mortality is not found there. In 1 Timothy chapter 1, and excuse me, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 15 and 16. Timothy says, Which he will manifest in his own time, he who is blessed and the only potentate, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who alone has immortality, dwelling in an approachable light, who no man has seen or can, can see, to whom be honor and everlasting power. It talks about a place of immortality. And that's what heaven is. No flesh and blood there. Corruption is not there. 
Mortality is not found there. But once again, we find in Revelation 21 verse 4 that God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain for the former things have passed away. Heaven is a wonderful place. And all these things will be put away. And, and we're, this is something that uh, we should look forward to as Christians. Honestly, I enjoy this life. But I don't enjoy every minute of it. <laughs> there are some times that are struggles. There are times of pain. And yet, we find a heavenly home. It's going to be enjoyable. It's something that we will always enjoy. But our scripture tells us that the sting of death is sin. That's why people don't like to talk about sin. Or death, excuse me. Sting of death is sin. I think we realize we have sin in our life. We have, we, we talked about in our class this morning, there's some people who are enemies of Christ and they don't care about sin. They know they sin. No big deal to them. Christians that are striving to live that Christian life and do right, yet we still sin. We feel bad after we do it, but we know that we have sin that, that enters in from time to time. What do we do about that? The sting of death is sin. Romans 3.23 tells us that all have sinned and have come short of the glory of God. We just can't overcome that. Everybody has sinned. Days March 13th. Imagine just for a moment that uh, someone's made a, a New Year's resolution. And you don't have to raise your hand for this, but uh, how many of you have made a, a New Year's resolution and it's already gone by the wayside? doesn't take very long for a lot of times for those resolutions to go away. But let's imagine for a moment that someone made this New Year's resolution. In the year 2011, I am going to live a perfect life. I am going to live Christ-like. I'm going to live just like Christ. No sin in my life. I'm going to be perfect just the same way Christ was perfect. Well, now, if someone had, has ever made a resolution such as that, that's, it's good and noble, it's honorable. I have no doubt if someone makes a resolution such as that, it would enrich their life through the year. In order to do that, they may decide, well, I'm going to be reading my scriptures more. I'm going to be praying to God more. I'm going to try to be more attentive of doing His service throughout my life. And, and so we're going to become closer to God as a result of that. But realistically, that's a resolution that's going to be broken very, very quickly, isn't it? All have sinned and have come short of the glory of God. We have so much temptation around us. We have so much corruption that's, that's around us. And we are corruptible beings. And that's what Paul says in Romans 3.23. All have sinned. All have fallen short of God's glory. To whatever degree it may be, we have fallen short. And so we find that the strength of sin is the law. Now who has ever kept the law perfectly? 
That's tough to do, isn't it? The law of Christ is easy to understand, but there is a lot to it, isn't it? There's a lot of components and factors and things that we got to keep in mind. There is a lot of scripture to consider along the way. And so to just to keep up with everything and to understand everything, that in itself makes it very difficult to follow the law of Christ. Included in that is following the laws of the land. We, we have enough trouble doing that, don't we? Uh, you know, what are all the laws of the land? Can you state every law that's out there? Sometimes we may be violating laws and we don't even know it as much as we try. How many of us have never gone over the speed limit? It's tough to do. Tell you something happened to me back in fall. I don't know if I ought to say this or not, but it's true. It did happen. Uh, of course, I work in White House. Those officers over there, they have those radar guns out all the time everywhere. I'm here to tell you that. You drive through that town, you better watch the speed through that town. And it was one evening. I was driving, uh, I was going north on 31W, and, you know, it's a 30 miles through there, and I was right there at 30 miles an hour. I was being very much aware of that. And so then all of a sudden up ahead of me is that 45 mile an hour zone. So I, I take off toward that. And it wasn't 100 feet past that sign. I get past it and all of a sudden those little blue lights come on. Hmm, I wonder who he's after. So I pull over. He pulls over. I'm like, what? <laughs> What's going on here? What's this about? So the officer comes up, and he asks for my license. I give it to him, and then all of a sudden he, he says, uh, you know you were doing 37 miles an hour? And I said, yes, sir, I, I would agree to that, but the sign back there says 45. What's the problem? Well, I clocked you just on the other side of that sign doing 37. I said, well, of course, it said 45, so I started speeding up. He said, well, you're not supposed to be... 45 till you pass the sign. You're supposed to stay 30 until you pass the sign, and then you speed up. That's what the officer told me. <laughs> Gave me a warning ticket. I was so outraged, I called the chief of police. He said, no, that officer shouldn't do that. He said, everybody does that, don't we? You see the sign, you speed up. But, you know, and I told, uh, I told that uh, chief of police, too. I said, I'm sure if he gave me a ticket and I stood before a judge, I'd still be guilty, wouldn't I? I'm sure legally and technically he was right. But we have trouble following the law. The strength of sin is the law. And, and as we think about God's law, then we find that little word that slips out, that little white lie or whatever it might be. As hard as we try, we do things that we shouldn't do. And that's what sin is. It's breaking the law. It's trespassing against the law of Christ. But here's the good news. We have victory over death. When we become Christians, we have that victory. Sin no longer stings us. And the way we get that victory is we've got to find a way that we can become incorruptible. I find a way that we can be immortal. Well, how do we do that? Well, let's go back to the first of the chapter. We've studied that in our class uh, on Sunday mornings. But chapter 15, beginning in verse 1. 
Paul says, Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which is which also you received and which you stand, but which you are which you are saved if you hold fast that word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you first of all that which I also received that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried and that He arose again the third day according to the Scriptures, and that He was seen by Cephas and by the twelve. And after that He was seen by over five hundred brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain to the present, but some have fallen asleep. And after that He was seen by James and then by all the apostles, then last of all, he was seen by me also as one born out of due time. Well, this tells us that Jesus leads the way in this victory over death. Look at verse 3 and 4 once again. For I delivered of all that which I have also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. He was buried and that He arose again the third day according to the Scriptures. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ in a nutshell. That's it right there. When Jesus died on that cross and when He was buried and when He was resurrected, He defeated death. That we can also defeat death. He led the way by the will of God to do this. This was prophesied many times in the Old Testament. Jesus said it was going to happen throughout His life. And then by the will of God, it took place. And now Paul is telling the church at Corinth, it happened. And we know that it was complete. There were numerous witnesses, verses 5 through 8. The apostles saw Him. Others saw Him. On one occasion, there were 500 that saw Jesus alive after knowing He was crucified on the cross of Calvary. And He said, even myself, I saw Him. And I know that He became alive once again. He was resurrected that we might also be resurrected. This is found to us beginning in verse 12 when he says, Now if Christ is preached that He's been raised from the dead, how do some among you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty and your faith is also empty. Yes, and we are found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that He is raised up Christ, whom He did not raise up, and in fact, the dead do not rise. For if the dead do not rise, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then also those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men the most pitiable. Because Jesus was resurrected, He's telling us in these verses that we also will be resurrected. We have something that we can look forward to as Christians. We have that heavenly home out there ready for us. It's waiting for us. Just live that Christian life. Do what Christians do. And you will have that heavenly home someday. Now he says once again, 
verse 19. If, if this is not so, then we're most pitiable. Or as he says in verse 17, our faith is futile. We're wasting our time here this morning if there is no resurrection of the dead. If we're here to praise God and to honor His Son and to sing those praises to Him and to offer our prayers to Him only to die and just go back to the dust of the earth and that's it. Oh, what profit is this? What good is this? We have something that we're looking forward to. We find that death is something now that we, we don't have to worry about. It's something that's not a concern to us any longer. 2 Timothy chapter, chapter 1 and verse 10. Paul says to Timothy, But has now been revealed by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and brought life, and immortality to light through the gospel. Isn't that what we've been talking about this morning? Death has been abolished. That second death has been abolished. We may be separated from this life, but we're going to go to another place where we'll never be separated anymore. And we're going to be brought to life and immortality. We will receive that immortality. We will live forever. Through what? The gospel. Because we have been obedient to the gospel, we can have that life one day. Paul says a little bit about this to the Roman church in Romans chapter 8, verses 1 through 4. When he says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, and that it was the weak through the flesh, God did by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh. On account of sin, He condemned sin in the flesh." that the unrighteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. You see that when we're in Christ Jesus and we're walking in the Spirit, once again, we don't have to worry about death. Because when we are in the Spirit, we are no longer under the law of sin, and we're no longer under the law of death. Death does not have a sting anymore. The law doesn't have any strength to that anymore. All that's been put aside. And we can live for Jesus. We can live for Christ. We don't have to worry about the requirements of the law that for us are basically impossible to follow perfectly. Now we're going to try to do our best. We're going to live the best that we can. But when we fall short, we know that this is what the grace of God's all about. That we don't have to worry about the death one day. And that's why Paul says to the church, but thanks be to God who gives us this victory through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I thank God that... that he found a way for us to overcome death. 
He found a way for us to be incorruptible, to be immortal, that we could be with Him someday. But the thing we must do is we must put on Christ. That's the key to it all. If we hadn't put on Christ, then we've got some problems. Death is going to have a sting to it. It is something that we're, we're not going to look forward to. It's going to be a very uncomfortable subject. But if we have put on Christ, we don't have to worry about that anymore. Well, the way we do that is through the gospel. We join Him in that death, burial, and resurrection. Romans 6, verse 3 and 4. Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into His death? Therefore we were buried with Him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life. We are flesh and blood. We are corruptible. We're mortal. But what Paul is telling us is when we believe that death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, we can have those things put away. And we go down in that water. As we go down, we have that corruptible body. Just like Naaman had that leprosy. You know, On that seventh time he went down, he still had that leprosy. But we have that corruptible body. And, and now we go down into the water. We come back up out of that water. Now we're incorruptible. We're immortal as long as we continue to live for the Lord. Galatians 3.27 tells us that the way we put on Christ is through baptism. We believe that Jesus is God's Son. We believe the story of Jesus and we're ready to repent of our sins and live for Him. By the way, we're going to talk about that tonight. We hope that you'll be back then about keeping the Word, the commandments of Christ. But then when we put Him on in baptism, that's when we have that victory over death. The victory is only through Jesus Christ. That's the only way that we can get there. And now we have no reason to fear death at all. We can enjoy this life. We can go about doing the commandments of God, and then one day we can enjoy that heavenly home together. There may be someone here today that if death should come your way, it's going to have a sting to it. Wouldn't you like to remove that sting? You can remove that sting this morning, and you can remove that sting right now. All you need is to come as we stand and sing this song.